solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Epilogue. Nineteen years later. You want to take us off? Oh my god. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex. I'm Molly. And this this is the Potter Watch. (laughs) What did you say? I said this is the epilogue. Oh my God. To our podcast. This is us five years later. (laughs) (laughs) I am so emotional. Um, Literally, like, it's, I was listening to the audiobook and it said 19 years later and I started crying. Like I had tears in my eyes and then the epilogue started and I was crying and it had nothing to do with, with the epilogue. It just had to do with the podcast. And I was like, Alex, you need to get it together. You better dry those eyes because we yeah, are not going to do with a nice September day at King's Cross. Yeah, no, I was just like... <laughs> We've been doing this for so long. Um, as per usual, I'm in like hardcore denial and have no feelings. <laughs> no, but I really do think it just like hit me when the epilogue started because I I just was like, I still can't believe we finished these books. Like I cannot believe. Like it feels like yesterday we started the podcast. It doesn't, it doesn't. It kind of feels like we've been doing it forever. And like, therefore it will never end because it's like, I feel like I've always been doing this podcast. Do you know what I yeah. mean? In yeah. some ways. No, no, no. That definitely makes sense. I just, when I guess I say it feels like yesterday, it's like, I like remember us taking those photos um, in the field. I remember like us stacking the mic and the computer up like, boxes high crates high in griffin's basement i just i don't know but also like the wildest thing is that we've been doing this podcast like our entire like adult lives like basically like since we graduated college that's what i mean by our adult lives like Mm -hmm. it's just like not not a thing that most people can say they can they've been doing like a hobby or whatever yeah i'm really proud of our podcast this sounds like it's ending but I guess this chapter Mm -hmm. of yes (laughs) I'm really proud of this chapter of the podcast and keeping doing it and I'm proud of Molly who has tirelessly been editing to upload like every for every Sunday almost for years like six years or whatever no post on Sundays just kidding (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of us too. We're like such, we're like so good at reading these books. So good. (laughs) Harry Potter experts. That's us. So many fan theories. So much you've taught me about the fan fiction world. I know. I feel like we made a dreary shipper out of you or at least a, a dreary seer. You can see it a mile away now. You can sense it. Yeah. I would say a sympathizer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wow. I made you come around on the fifth book, kind of. Honestly, you really, really did. Um, and my, 
my favorites list is all messed up. It's all different now. So that's really interesting. We'll have to review that at the at the end here. Yeah, I've gone on a real journey. <laughs> on the Hogwarts Express. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Um, in that note, should we should we go to King's Cross? Yeah. I I just had like a quick overall note on the idea of the epilogue before we kind of start talking about it because I know that some people don't like it like I know specifically when Esther our like first time reader came on she was like why was there an epilogue but like as a child which I like needed this I like really needed this epilogue I would say I still need this epilogue oh for sure I'm mad when I read a book now and there's no epilogue. I'm like, wait, but but what happens to all of them? Like, I understand why fan fiction exists because like when I finish a series or a book, I'm like, I need to know, I need a wink so we know everyone's cool. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. And that's exactly what I needed here, okay? People are not okay. Well, I have, I just have like an overall note about Cursed Child. Mm. So I guess I'll say that here because it goes on. Yeah. So I think this epilogue for a book that series that is seven books long and we saw them grow to the age of 17. Like I definitely need it here because one, they don't end in a great place. It's just off war. And these, these are books. These are not uh, books for adults that you're reading, like, you know, on your free time, like this was a moment our generation grew up with these books so we needed an epilogue to say goodbye and to like usher us into adulthood as our three main characters ushered uh were were in adulthood you know we needed we needed an all was well okay and so for me I think it's such a poor choice to make cursed child about their future like that that included like the adults with conflict because in order to write a good play in order to write a good anything there has to be conflict but it really destroyed the all was well for me and I think that really hit the root of what really bothers me about Cursed Child especially like Harry and Albus's relationship because I, I don't care if it's realistic or Either way, like in my head, Harry got to be happy. Like he, this person who had so much trauma, he finally got his family and he got to be happy and all was well. And I really, in my brain, needed that to still be the case. And so when we got Cursed Child and all wasn't well and things were tragic again and the stasis was disrupted, I was like... I was disrupted. <laughs> My journey was disrupted. No, I had the, exact the Harry same. Potter series. I had the exact same note. I was like, Cursed Child ruins the epilogue. Um, and I know we're going to obviously talk about Cursed Child next, but I don't want to think about it too much for this. But I know at, at one point in my notes, there was like a specific thing about it. But um yeah, I, I, to what you were just saying, though, like, I think what you said about us ushering into adulthood and the books in general, like, obviously, we have book six, which is, which is juicy. But for the most part, we don't get a lot of like romance or anything. 
And it's nice to see that they did find like partners and stuff like that. That was really important. And just like knowing what life can look like for them is like so important. Like what does that like when you're not fighting? And like, that's back to like the whole cursed child thing is like, Harry shouldn't have to go and fight again. Like, right. Like I honestly, and it just, I don't think I would have as big of a problem with it if the focus was on the kids. Like it was all what they were doing in Hogwarts and the, yeah, the parents been in Hogwarts and the parents didn't have the conflict. Like we could see Harry and Ginny, like at the beginning, like we could start, you know? Yeah. But I, I just, it really bothered me. Harry, particularly Harry yeah. getting, um, still having to fight, still having conflict, still having a stressful life really bothered me for some reason. Like I was like, we did not watch him go through all of this. And I, uh, I don't know, just, and I, I won't talk about Kirk Child anymore, really. That was all my only note about it in this, but I think it brought up so many of my old, like, annoyed, cursed child feelings because I think this epilogue is perfectly done. Like, it is so warm and comforting. It, like, reminds me of a hot cup of cocoa. And I am just, it, just so happy for them. I'm so happy for them. Yeah. So, um, I didn't do a haiku, though. I don't know if you did. Oh, I didn't. That was my... <laughs> We just said actually too. Yeah. Um, but I did rename it as all was well. Speaking of that last slide. <laughs> it's so I didn't do a read. I thought we'd agree not to do all that stuff for this one, but that's fine. Oh, well, I, I knew we didn't do this at the end, but I was like, oh, should we rename it? Like I did that thought press in my head. I was like, well, I, I have one like ready to go, but I didn't yeah. have haiku or anything. Um, Our Teddy. That's my rename. <laughs> Oh, Teddy Lupin and oh, twat. <laughs> so cute. Ah, oh my gosh, these little beans, these little baby potters and baby Weasleys. This was also the first time reading it that I really appreciated that like, no shit, like we're going back to King's Cross, like where we just were for Harry's like final thing. And I'm like, God damn it. That's like so good. And it like went over my head. Like I'm sure subconsciously I knew it, but like, it's just like, it all starts at King's Cross and it all ends at King's Cross. Like it just, it's so, (laughs) it's so good. And I had a sweet little thought while I was listening to it this time that like, you would think that Ron and Hermione and their two kids would like be there first. And I know she's just like, you know, we should start with Harry and his family. Right. But I was like, what if Harry and Ginny, like, aren't usually on time for most things, but Harry is always like, we need to get to King's Cross early because he just loves King's Cross so much. And, like, the kids are just like, okay, we have to go. This is, like, dad's favorite place on the universe. He's such a loser. <laughs> he loves the train station. We go when it's not even the first day of school. We go in the summer just to see what it's he's like. Been, he's been taking us every single year. <laughs> he takes us under the invisibility cloak. So nobody bothers him. But even before they went to Hogwarts, Harry always took them to see the train. Love it. 
I do wonder if they use the train station like for other train stuff like I don't think so like I mean I'm sure like they do if they're like muggle transport going somewhere but I don't mean like specifically platform nine and three quarters but I don't think so I think it's only for Hogwarts all right that's fine um little Lily little Lily is so cute she's like I want to go to Hogwarts right now why can't I go it's so cute their like family unit is so cute my heart can't take it my heart can't take it I did have some points of contention though like I feel like we learned nothing um if there's still this much stigma around being in Slytherin (laughs) like there are like James is like making fun of him like if he was to be in Slytherin and like there's clearly this like you don't want to be in Slytherin thing which like makes sense like Voldemort was like head of Slytherin. I do think I, I I honestly don't think the war really shined a great light on Slytherin so I think that there's probably still a stigma perhaps more than there was before <laughs> post the war um but also, I would like, like to say that hope that maybe the other houses get along better now it's 3v1 unfortunately yikes uh they're gonna have to eliminate slytherin and just have a three house system. no i'm just saying like i feel they're gonna get bullied <laughs> they are i mean if we know anything from the next book <laughs> play <laughs> Well, I think what's, uh, dare I say, a good thing that comes out of it is that we have two Slytherin heroes, right? Like, they, it would be better if they hadn't caused the drama to begin with. (laughs) But they do save the day. Yeah, I feel like hero is a loose term there. (laughs) Scorpius Malfoy is at least a hero okay at least the sweetest little boy (laughs) the sweetest boy that ever did happen that's what I'm most excited about for reading Cursed Child is to get some more action from my little bean Scorpius Malfoy my perfect angel I feel like you have mentioned that once or twice (laughs) (laughs) um I just have like a very apt name James, he's a little shit, and I yeah, he's exactly like his namesake. (laughs) I'm like, where are you getting this from? Because you're not like either of your parents. Like you're me. (laughs) I think I honestly think he gets it from like the Weasley side. Well, but also like Harry skipped a generation (laughs) well right but I'm saying like I just do feel like he gets it from like he's like another little Weasley boy (laughs) all those roustabouts (laughs) he is kind of like a forge too yeah that's what I mean like I think he's like a forge and then I think Harry would encourage it because he's into all the same things you know Harry is too and he's like happy (laughs) that kid doesn't have depression so uh now my other one (laughs) oh poor poor Albus you sweet boy I love I've said this before I just love that they call him Al 
I think that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. It's so cute. Their whole family, all my notes are like, their whole family's adorable. I love them. I want to, I could read four more chapters of no conflict, just their family unit. Yeah, I I know. Like we could have had a longer epilogue and no one would have been mad about it. Not this guy. Certainly not me. (laughs) Certainly not me. Like, all of this stuff is just, like, excellent. We get, like, a Percy bashing. We get Ron Picard, which is another perfect callback to him already having driven at the age of, like, 12. Yes, I said, LOL, Percy still being the worst. Glad that's that's still happening. That things never change, you know? As a matter of fact, I did confront him. You little shit, Ron. Hermione trusted you. Hermione was like, I had the utmost of faith in you, dear. So cute. That you would confund Confund him. (laughs) Yes, exactly. She knows. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, obviously, then we turn and we see Draco and his little family, and he gives them a nod, which I think is very mature of him. And I know that there are many Draco Malfoy fans out there in the world. That's not a shocking thing, but I do feel like that was written personally for me alone. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Like when I read that part about Draco and his happy family and him bringing his son to the Hogwarts Express and then nodding pleasantly at Harry, Ron and Hermione an acknowledgement um I think that it's perfection and that it was written for me because it gives me life life to exist I would never take that from you but I do think Ron is not being useful here to continue with that thread he's like don't get too friendly <laughs> I think it's very cute I oh, think, so it's, I think so it's, realistic. Perfect. it's just like it is a callback to Ron just being Ron <laughs> yeah and him being like um it's just and then it's an unapologetic nod to Dramione to try and like ship Scorpius and Rose. Like, oh right. Um, that's not my next gen ship. It was for years before we got Cursed Child. But you know. Um, um whole Teddy and Victoire thing. Oh wait, I'm not quite there. I'm still on Draco and Ron. Your granddad will never forgive you if you marry a pureblood. I think that's sweet. I a little nod to Arthur. And to being classic blood traders. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm there. Our Teddy. <laughs> I just love Ginny's reaction is perfection. Yeah. You interrupted? Like, You're just like Rob. <laughs> you interrupted? Oh, I just... Yeah, I am fully and completely in love with the idea of Teddy coming over four times a week for family chaos dinners and him dating Victoire and... And of course, like, Harry's kids, like, look up to him so much. Like, James being obsessed with him. Like, dad our Teddy, like our Teddy dating our cousin. He's like really part of the family now. He's our brother. No one can say anything about it. (laughs) It's so cute. I, 
I just, oh, my heart. I just wish, I, and I know, I get it, okay. Andromeda, she needed something. Harry and Ginny probably weren't ready to raise them at like 17 in trauma post-war. I just, I just do wish that Teddy lived with them already. I think this is a great way of honoring like the godfatherness of it and not being like his dad. No, I, I know. I just want him to be his dad. <laughs> He's the godfather. Yeah. And the parents are dead. That's what the godfather does. Yeah, but now he doesn't have to be like the disciplinary parent with him. He can be the outlet godfather. Yeah. It'll, yes, it's fine. I, I love it. I really don't. I just, every time I read it, I'm like, well, wouldn't it be cute if they already had him? <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, and I just love that James being so dramatic about the whole thing. Like, um, I don't think you heard me correctly. Like, this whole characterization, like, you know exactly who he is, what his place is in the family. Like, <laughs> but, um, mom, I can't give a professor love. I know. I love that we get this, like, bonus insight on Neville, like, of all the characters to like keep a plug in, I was like, I'm so happy it was Neville. Right, like the bonus characters we get, Draco and Neville, like those are who I wanted. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's a real callback to the first book. Just like Professor Neville and then Harry interrupts and goes, oh, I, I don't, you don't need a professor. You don't need to give love to Professor Longbottom because I will, because I'll be teaching defense against the dark arts. <laughs> exactly. I'll be, I'll be coming on the train with you guys. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> professor H.J. Potter. I will die. Oh my God. That's adorable. How is it that she knows everything? Why is it that you know everything? Oh my God, wow. My soul, just like I could just see Harry like sleeping on the train and then like some first years come in and see his scar. Yeah, and his like cloak that he turns and he's like, well, I did save the world or something stupid. And they're like, ah! Ah, you're Harry Potter on the train. Oh my God. This is going to make me want to write a next gen fic. I just well, have so much to say. I think the worst part about Cursed Child is that it doesn't do like next gen. It's a nostalgia trip and we get only two characters really that we get to experience. Like, yeah, we don't get the rest of the new generation world. We're just right. going back in time the whole time. And who wants that? We already did this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, I, just, ugh, I just, so much potential. If we were going to do this, why didn't we do it for real? Well, speaking of Cursed Child, um, one, okay, so I'm at the part where Harry's talking to Al. Me too. 
And one great dad moment. Harry's being a great fucking dad here. I have that note too. I was like, what an amazing understanding speech, Harry, because you're a, what? A good father. That's what my note says. And I like, I love how his take on it. He's like, um, being a Slytherin is not a bad thing. Like you're named after somebody that was Slytherin. Like, but, but then he's, his point is like, but you can choose. And so part of me is like, I don't really get why Cursed Child put him in Slytherin other than like as a plot device, because he clearly doesn't want to be in Slytherin. And so then it kind of even defeats like what Harry told him. Like, I'm not mad that he's in Slytherin. Like that's not, that's kind of near, he, he neither here nor there but like I just I just feel like like you said earlier like Kershaw like undoes everything in this epilogue I guess yeah but like I think it's cute that he's in Slytherin but in terms of like how it is a response to the epilogue I feel like it doesn't fit yeah I mean I think it could fit if he goes to the hat and he says I want to be in Gryffindor like the rest of my family and then the sorting hat sort of like talks him into Slytherin and it's like here are the values that you possess that are the reasons why you should be in Slytherin and you stand out and this is your chance to make a name for yourself outside of your family and then I think it would and then if he did choose Slytherin it would prove that he should be in Slytherin because he is all about that ambition and proving himself outside of his father like that's, that's Albus's he wants. Yeah. Huh? That's Albus's whole thing. So I think Albus as a character does make sense to be in Slytherin and and may, and I haven't read it slash seen it in a really long time. So maybe I'll disagree when we get back into it because I know I don't think Scorpius belongs in Slytherin. Yeah. Um well I mean I mean my point like kind of n- like not having anything to do with like what they wrote in Cursed Child, I guess. Yeah, I'm just saying like, I think there was a way to do it that didn't discount the epilogue, but yeah. uh, but it's not done that way. And I agree with you. <laughs> but I do like, like, and the other part is like, okay, so he is in Slytherin in Cursed Child. The whole point of Harry's thing is like, we love you and that's okay. And then like, yeah. But then, like, Harry, what, like, doesn't treat, is, like, disappointed that he's in Slytherin, because it seems like that, from what I remember, and they, like, let James tease him about, I don't know, I just, I have. Or at least Albus, as a character, feels like his parents don't like him as much because he's not in Gryffindor, whether that's, like, true or not, is probably not, but, like, at least he's feeling that way. Mm-hmm. in the book like he feels like an outcast with his parents even right like I feel like his you know I just I'm gonna write a next gen fic I can already tell I'm gonna need to have all of these outlets for for all of my feelings when we're reading Cursed Child I'm gonna have to redo it you'll but have to I beta the plots on the podcast huh you'll have to like beta the plots on the podcast Right. I just, okay. So I just feel like Harry and Jenny are the kind of parents that it's like Albus was sorted in a Slytherin. And when he comes home for winter break, they pick him up wearing like Slytherin merch. You know, they're like, we're so proud of our Slytherin kid. You know, they, they do a Lorelai Gilmore where 
she didn't get in. She she chose Yale over Harvard. So his room is covered in like Slytherin, you know, like they're both such sweet people and they're both sports people. So I can just feel them going like all out on merch and just being like, gung ho, we're so excited for you and our kid. Like, what else is Harry doing? Nothing. <laughs> I know he's like a head of law enforcement. I just don't believe that he has that job. So in my head, Harry has like all the free time in the world to support his kids because that's all he wants to be doing. Like, all Harry wanted was a family. <laughs> Peace and a family. What can he not do? Have peace working in the, being the head of law enforcement. Yeah, I just, um, I don't like it. And it ruins this like really sweet moment. Yeah, it's a perfect moment. It's so sweet. Harry's a wonderful dad, the end. Also, I think it's really funny when when Ron is like, oh, people are staring because I'm extremely famous. It's such a dad Ron line. And I know, I feel like Ron is perfect, like perfectly just descripted in this moment. He's aged in the exact way that he would. Yeah. Like he's grumpy on Quidditch Sundays every time the cannons lose. But other than that, he's a really great fun dad. Dad jokes the Lord. So good. I'm like mad at ourselves for like bringing up Cursed Child so much, but I feel like it you we can't not now because it's you can't not. I'm mad at ours too. But honestly, it's just because this was perfect and we loved it so much. (laughs) I just have so much love for this epilogue. And I think another reason you have to bring up Child so much is because, like we said, we could have read 30 more pages of this and been happy. So the idea of Child, we're like, yes, more happy family. (laughs) But then it's not what we get. And instead, it ruined the thing that we loved in the first place. It's like all of our postscripts with Harry Potter. It's like, we want more. We want more. We love that the author tweets all this stuff. And then, like, we got fucked. (laughs) Yeah, we did get fucked. And, like, I don't know. It's like you, you want what you can't have. And then like, when you get it, like, it's not what you wanted kind of, I guess. Yeah. You got what you wanted, but not in the way you expected. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I just looked over at Grogu because Grogu's on my bookshelf and he made me feel better. He's very cute. So. Um, yeah, but it's it's just so sweet and hairy, like being like my scar hasn't hurt all as well with me and the world, and that's all we needed. Yeah, I really I don't think needed like when I heard that they were doing Kershaw, like I don't know if I was like that excited. I was like, okay, <laughs> like I was certainly excited to get more Harry Potter, and. Like, I think I was more excited about, like, Fantastic Beasts as, like, a new thing. Well, I didn't know what Cursed Child was until the last moment. 
like until the last minute either yeah so I was excited about Cursed Child because remember we didn't know who the Cursed Child was or if it was going to be next gen like we just didn't know until the very last minute and then when I found out about it then I started being skeptical I think but I think I was excited leading up to it because I just didn't know yeah, you're right. I think when I didn't know what it was about, I thought it was maybe a prequel about Voldemort or Dumbledore. And I was really excited about that, mm-hmm. um, that notion. But I guess if I had to choose any like thing we got, it wouldn't be a sequel with the kids for yeah. me personally. I mean, this, I, I don't think I wanted that. I mean, obviously the first thing I wanted was Marauders. Yeah. And I was really excited about Fantastic Beasts because I am interested in Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And I think, I mean, I I love Newt. I think Newt's a great character. So mm-hmm. I was excited about that series more, I think, than Cursed Child. But like, I like thinking about Next Gen. I yeah. I wasn't upset about it until I read it. And then it just really upset me. I just think if you're going to do that, you have to do it perfectly. And it's not even near that, you know? And I think even if I wasn't like seeking it out or like, like wanting it, like I still had a really high expectations for it when I was going to read it. I was like, she was like, um, you know, this was back before, you know, we didn't really give a shit what she said, but, um, she was like, this is canon as the next, like, that's what really did it for me. Cause if she wasn't, she was like, oh, this is just like a separate thing. Then I could go into it, looking at it like fan fiction. She was like, this is canon. This is what happens. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think it's like a lot of people have issue with, um, the new, um, Sex in the City. Sex in the City for similar reasons. Like it ruins the stasis. I happen to love the new Sex in the City. Oh, are you watching it? Yeah. And I really like it. Um, but I guess the show, like I always watched it on VH1 or whatever. I think I've actually watched every episode, just like not in order, you know, just yeah. from growing up watching it. But it didn't it didn't, it doesn't bother me. Like it doesn't ruin the old sex in the city for me because I think I don't, I don't have a soft of a spot for sex in the city as I do Harry Potter. And I think there are a lot of mistakes in the old sex in the city. So I, I don't know. I like this new one. I'm enjoying watching it, but I know a lot of people are having, are struggling with it. So I just think if you're gonna extend a universe like that, you really have to be careful because especially one where characters did find a stasis and a happy ending and you're ruining that happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. I think for Gen Xers who like kind of grew up more with sex in the city or were like at the age when sex in the city came out that they appreciated it more are like not loving it. Cause like (laughs) I've, I've watched the whole series, I think twice. And like, I do really like it. But I didn't, I watched it when I was older. Like I didn't watch yeah. it obviously when it was coming out. I haven't seen any of the new season. Um, do you think there's a show or like not a show, uh, a series or a movie or something that has done a jump forward coming back well? Um, I think Girl Meets World was really good. Um, as like, so it's like Corey and Topanga and then 
their daughter and her friends. Yeah. And I think it's because it's exactly about what we wanted Cursed Child to be. Like, Corey and Topanga, as mom and dad, know basically the Ron and Hermione have no conflict. Like, it's not about them. All of the drama is with the kids. And you have the kids and all of their friends. And the yeah. show is mostly focused on them. Like so they I think to their parents for like advice on something right and you know it's a nod to the old show like people come back but I think they do a really good job I really like that one um for me um not the whole trilogy but the seventh episode seven for Star Wars I really liked that first movie of the new mm-hmm trilogy and I think they like made a lot of like really lovely callbacks to the first one like it was very like nostalgia trip and I really enjoyed that movie on its own you're talking about Force Awakens yeah yeah I love Force Awakens I think yeah that's a good one I think that one does a really great job too this is like one that's middling like a year in the life doesn't ruin Gilmore Girls for me (laughs) It almost ruins it for me. I really, oh, I, I really didn't like what they did with Rory's or Lorelai's character. Like, I just, I didn't feel like I was back in their world when I watched it. Interesting. Yeah, I like, I like go back and forth. I also not- haven't rewatched it since I watched it like the first time. I rewatch it every time I rewatch Gilmore Girls, so maybe that's why it feels more ingrained for me because I do. I have a lot of issues with it, which we don't need to get into because this is not a Gilmore Girls yeah. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but but um, I, I also a good thought experiment to think about. Yeah, I feel like I think it's a hard thing to do. So you really need to like be damn sure that you like one. What story or new story are we trying to tell? Mm-hmm. And two, confident that this new story isn't going to ruin the original work which is the fan base that you're trying to like garner to watch the show. Also like who is your audience? Is it, are you trying to usher in a new audience or is this for your original fans? Like a year in the life is a good example of that. Like that was meant for the original fans. Like that wasn't meant to usher in a new group of people. And I don't know if she nailed it. Like if it was meant for like the old fans. Oh, I, we know that. It was not nailed. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. A year in a life. Sorry. A year in the life. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, but like The Force Awakens is supposed to bring in a new generation of people into Star Wars. And I I think it probably... It did work. I mean, it worked. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I think it definitely like a lot of the old fans like it, but I think it did both. Right. Um. Something that completely was new fans was... um. Degrassi, the next generation. There's another Degrassi coming out. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love Degrassi, but that does a perfect job because Degrassi, the next generation, that show, it garnered a whole new generation of literally a whole new generation of watchers. It did a perfect job. Like I've never seen the original Degrassi at all. I've never seen an episode, but I've seen almost all of I think I have seen every episode of Degrassi the next generation and Degrassi reloaded which was on Netflix for like two seasons or whatever so I I think that did a perfect job of it but I 
have anything to do with the original? Like, are there characters that come back? Like, there are parents and teachers from the old, like some, some of the teachers were in the old series and then some of the parents were in the old series. So it's not just like a reboot or like, no, it's like, I mean, it is, I guess it's a, yeah. Yeah, Like it does harken back to the first one. Mm -hmm. I forget what the difference between all of those are, like a remake, a reboot or a robot. I don't know. There's another R word. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I did. Well, I guess we'll we'll wrap up the series that we are talking about. Yeah. Um. So for you, and only you, for me? I ranked the books, <laughs> and I did a top five. Character. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. With oh, a huge caveat that this is just for like our 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 just now current read through. Uh-huh. uh-huh like, I can't uh-huh. say definitively still, but I can say I think definitively for like the reread that we just did for the podcast. This is so exciting, guys. This is my ranking. I'll start from the bottom cuz you know, started from the bottom. Now the whole team's here. Um, but I'm putting number two book two still in my bottom (laughs) um there it's a great book I enjoyed reading it with you specifically because you have you fought for it really hard (laughs) um but this might be surprising but I put number three next because and because we love it so much. Like we both really like Prisoner of Azkaban. So when we did our reread from, you know, our memories are shit, but like from my memory, it was like, yes, these are all of the things that I love about this book. Like, I don't feel like we broke ground with it. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think we just like enjoy rereading that one. Um, And then I put five next for me personally, because I'm like, I was already such a stand for five. So like for me reading it, it was a slog, like reading it for the podcast. Like we were on book five for like a long time. So it felt like, okay, it, we've been here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, and then the next four are really tight. It's a tight race to the top. Tight four. I have this book which seems low in the ranking, but I really liked, you know, reading book seven, but it was like the wind down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I have six because that one was a real joy to read six. I'm surprised six is so high for you. I think we had so much fun talking about book six. And this was so much fun talking about all the the juicy teenage stuff in book six Um, was really fun as like an adult, I guess, reading that stuff. Um, and then I had one because like it started there, all of it. <laughs> and then book four, I think we had the most like, you know, as the series takes a turn in book four, I feel like our podcast took a turn in book four. Like we really like started with like fan theories and like trying to figure out like really what was going on. And so I think book four was like a really great surprise for both of us to be like man this was such a good book (laughs) yeah that's my ranking 
I love. I love. Do you want to do a ranking on the fly? I was going to warn you ahead of time, but I wanted to surprise you that I did this. I think our rankings are probably pretty similar. I think I would do... I know after all the shit I said about book two, (laughs) it's going to be dumb, but I also think book two is in my bottom spot. Yeah. It's nothing against book two. Yeah. And then as much as you did like convince me about book five, I think book five is in my next slot. Um, And then probably book seven and then book one and then three, six, four. Wow, so you still have three pretty high up, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, three, six, and four are still my... Yeah. That that has always been my top three, and that hasn't changed. But um, four being number one certainly wasn't the case before. Like, I think I used to have four in the third spot. I would still put book three in one of my favorite of the books for, like, me to read. Mm-hmm. But... Specifically for the podcast, it wasn't like the most fun discussion book for us. Yeah. I mean, I think I would put seven higher in terms of just if, if I were doing like our podcast. Yeah. I think we had a lot of really good discussions in this in this book. Yeah. Um, and I, it's fresh in my head. But I think you're right. Six, we had a really good time with. Seven, we had a really good time with. Um, four... Four just like changed me. I don't know. Like yeah. some something hit different with this read through with four. Four I sleep on only because, as I said when we were doing it, it's the one I read the most. So for mm-hmm. me, it's a constant, and I kind of forgot how good it is because I'm like, yeah, I know all of this stuff. I've listened to this book more than any other. <laughs> yeah. Um. But okay, and then. I did my, my, my rankings or my top five is like my top five deep dives that we did. Ooh, okay. You like that many. So it's kind of a, you know, a cheat ranking, but um, my number five spot goes to your boy, Draco Malfoy. <laughs> I know you're like, oh no, he's five. <laughs> and then I have. Um, I praise for you. I'm, I'm, I'm. I I'll like I'll take it. Number four, I have our boy Ron Weasley. Especially like recently, like this book, we spend a lot of time talking about Ron's usefulness. But I do think we talked about him and his role a lot in the series. And I always like talking about Ron. Um, and then number three, Snape. Um, we get really good Snape stuff. I'm gonna skip number two and do that one last. <laughs> um number one is big d abs the most fun to deep dive. yeah my number two deep dive <laughs> speaking of my least favorite book is professor lockhart i knew you were gonna say lockhart i knew it i was like why is she skipping number two it's because it's freaking gilderoy lockhart <laughs> I mean, did anyone have more fun than I did talking about Professor Gilderoy Lockhart? I 
<laughs> Coming in at my here here's my ranking. Okay. Coming in at number five. <laughs> um Ollivander. <laughs> Render foe. You did take a good look at Ollie in this one. <laughs> I am shook if by that. <laughs> um number <laughs> mine are all gonna be silly. Good. Um um, my oh my alternate was um Barty Crouch or M- Moody Crouch. <laughs> Moody Crouch. Honest uh, my number four slot goes to Ron is Dumbledore. Oh <laughs> man, I feel like I dropped the ball on that in the last um, book. Number three spot goes to um I'm gonna have to say Barty Crouch. Barty Moody Crouch. That's a great Moody one. Crouch, yeah. Uh, number two, um, uh, goes to, um, obviously because of me, Drary, canonicism, all of our chats about Drary and is Drary canon. Drary versus, um, Jerry. Yeah, Drary versus. That's not right. What's the one I have for Ginny and Harry? Jerry, yeah. It's Jerry. Jerry. Well, my number one spot is well I'll get I guess my number two spot is like fan fiction or canon so like all of our deep dives about fan fiction and canon so like that includes wolf star and all of all of my mess that I forced you to go down like is it happening in my head or is it happening in a3 yes um, is it happening in the book or is it happening in a- <laughs> Is it in the book or is it in AO3? What's what was is it canon? Um yeah, and my number one spot goes to um defending the best woman on this planet, Ginny Weasley. Our Ginny Weasley deep dives as we fight for Harry and Ginny's relationship and for Jenny Weasley. I'm so glad we agree on that and that we have a dedication on this podcast to getting everyone to love Jenny. I don't think we could have made it through the podcast if we didn't agree about Jenny. I honestly get so worked up and emotional when people, <laughs> like, I, like irrationally angry when people are like, I hate Jenny. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry, then you must not have read the book. I do think you're wrong with your top five because I think your number one, and I do mean this somewhat legitimately, is Creature. Oh my God, that's so true. My number one is Creature. Honestly, house elves in general, Winky. Remember <laughs> not, not Winky, not Winky. My number I mean, one is Pigwidgeon. Oh, Pigwidgeon! You know, we don't get one fucking mention of Pigwidgeon in this book. It's a crime. <laughs> my cha- my overall champion of the Actually, whole Actually, I think we do. I think we do, like, near the wedding. I forgot that's all in this book. <laughs> Pigwidgeon! My champion. Just kidding. But yeah, Creature, honestly, I've got to I've gotta adjust my top five. Let's take out fan fiction and Drary. <laughs> I'm subbing in. I'm subbing in. Subbing in. Um, I guess our other like big deep dives, I feel like we talked a lot about Hagrid mm-hmm. and Neville. Um, Neb, Neb. Neville was a joy to revisit. Um, 
Guys, I also, I have a little note at the end of this podcast. I, I went on a journey and here are, here are some of my journey, like my end note journeys. Yeah. Um, I still really like Snape as a character. I think he's a terrible person and I'm no longer a Snape apologist for his abusive behaviors towards the children but I still enjoy him as a character and I still love Alan Rickman and there's a lot of things mixed up in there. But so he's still like one of my favorite characters of the series. That, so that's my end note on Snape. I think I definitely used to be an apologist and I'm not anymore. Sure. Um, Hannah Abbott ain't so bad. Oh, wow. And I think her and Neville could have a really happy life together. That's kind of I, shocking. I know. I um, and, and I'm not going to say it's because of this, but um, I am doing a series on my personal YouTube channel where I'm giving Luna Lovegood and Neville Longbottom the like farm of their dreams is like what right. I want to do. And they each have their own like different love interests that you could make meet throughout. Wait, I thought so, it was with Luna. It, Luna and Neville like are roommates. Oh, and, okay. But I, I have like different romantic options for each one of them. And each other is one of those options. But like I made a sim for Hannah to be an option for Neville. And um it was really cute. And then I started thinking about her like living in uh, them living in um, in Hogsmeade and him teaching and her like owning the pub. And I just started really liking it as I was like creating her sim and thinking about if that's the choice that the sim of Neville Longbottom choose to go down how I'll be happy about it so I I just want to say I'm sorry Hannah Abbott I gave you a really hard time and people have the ability to grow and I wasn't giving you that um uh what was my other thing that I oh um I I forgive Percy oh my Oh my word. I still don't like Percy. No. <laughs> but I forgive him. That's really beautiful, Alex. Thank you. That's growth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weight off my chest. Even just saying that about Percy, it's a weight off my chest. Yeah. I don't have to be burdened by Percy anymore. Yeah, I think we appreciated what was written in the seventh one for him. Yeah, like that, those last couple chapters with him really like did it for me. And then just thinking about him, like I think he's going to beat himself up enough, you know? Yeah. So if he can, if he's grappling with forgiving himself, then he can have my forgiveness rent free. Yeah. Um, I just made myself a little list, um, as inspired by you. Um, number one, this is more about the movies. I still don't really understand when people are like the same actor. <laughs> and I never will. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the edit 
for part two, but I really want you to have one of those things just for continuity. Because when it happened in part one, I was dying. I'm terrified to listen to part two. Like, I... I literally had I was sobbing I had tears in my eyes because you were like we have to pause the movie and figure out if the Ollivander actor is the same (laughs) you didn't include that though did you no because it was it was so like for us that it just like wouldn't make any sense but it was so funny um number two to your earlier point Ollivander is still sus and I was right as a child. you're right and you should say it and um number three and most importantly <laughs> oh, no. Daphne Greengrass exists <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying and she appears one time in the entire I'm honestly upset that it happened early or like not early it was in the fifth fifth one I think yeah it's in the fifth one (laughs) um what a joy that was oh my god oh my god Daphne I've never been so happy to be so wrong Oh man, <clears throat> what a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a journey. So, Molly had this great idea to close out this oh, yeah. fi- final episode of the books. I just thought it would be fun for us to ask each other or to answer together the Potter Watch guest questions whenever we have a new guest on which I know we haven't had in a while, but um, we would ask a bunch of questions about their relationship to the books. So we will answer them now. We've probably answered them in some way, shape or form or whatever in the past, but we'll do it. um, We'll do it now together. All right. So what is your house? Gryffindor. Ravenclaw. What is your favorite book? Goblet of Fire. I'm going to say Goblet of Fire, too. (gasps) So exciting. Favorite character. And then which character do you most identify with? These haven't changed. I'm going to say Sirius Black and Tonks. Uh, I know identify with is Hermione for sure. <laughs> um, favorite character. I usually say Sirius. I guess I'll stick with Sirius. Mm-hmm. I would say Dumbledore is honestly a really close. I was about to say Dumbledore is pretty high up there for you. Yeah. Um, I would also say Draco is high up there for me. 
as favorite character. Yeah, that makes like sense. truly in the past. I always say Sirius too, but I think it's probably more accurate now to say Draco. But I think I would say my Harry, my favorite character in the Harry Potter fandom is Draco and then my favorite character from like the canon books is Sirius because I think a lot of what I love about Draco is his potential as a character and what I get like outside of honestly the the canon series so yeah that makes sense yeah who would you want to play as or who would you want to perform as Hermione I would also say Hermione, but if I was to pick like a fun, like a character person, mm-hmm. I would say, <clears throat> well, I'm going to think about it, but I think it'd be fun to play like one of the professors, like a side professor, like Professor Sprout or something. Like, I think it would just <laughs> be fun. Um, I, if I was going to pick someone fun, I think I would pick Bellatrix. I don't know. I just think it's like fun to be like that naughty. Yeah, for sure. It would also be fun to play Tonks, I think. Yeah. Tonks from the books. Yeah, Tonks from the books or like, honestly, like Narcissa is fun just because you get all that juicy acting stuff with you. She's interesting to play. What class would you be most excited to take? Charms for me. Defense Against the Dark Arts. That hasn't changed either. That and flying. Um, what was your hardest death? And who would you most like want to bring back? I'll, I can say mine. My hardest death has always been serious and I would always bring back Fred. Yeah, I think Sirius is still my, I think same for me. I think Sirius is, I go back and forth. Like Fred, I'm always bringing back, but like I go back and forth on if Fred is my hardest death or if. Honestly, this read through. No, it's probably still Sirius. I was going to say it might be Tonks and Lupin. That really got me this time. I feel like their death is hard, like, the way that it's told to us. Right. Like, I feel like that's my hardest to wrap my head around because I feel like we don't get good closure with that or Fred's death. But Sirius's is, like, the first big one, and it it hits me hard, so. In the movies, my hardest death is Cedric. Yeah. <laughs> that dad, too good of an actor. Um, who would you take to the Yule Ball? I don't think we've answered this one. Fred Weasley. (laughs) That would be very fun. I'm going with fucking Victor Crumb. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Go with Victor. Vicky. (laughs) Slash, I would also go with Rod. (laughs) Uh, Okay, but he has to not be hung up on Hermione. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what would you want your profession to be in the magical world? Um, this one's like hard because they don't have like <laughs> inner t- like I guess 
maybe like a Quidditch player. I know I'm not a sports person, but I think I would really enjoy flying on a broom. And that's like kind of like the closest thing they have to entertainment. And I work in the entertainment industry, but I think the most realistic option would be like teaching defense against the dark arts or care of magical creatures or something. Yeah, I think I would want to do something in like the greater wizarding world. Like I wouldn't want to be like a curse breaker, but I like what Bill does where he like technically works for Green Gats, but he's like out kind of doing like different stuff. But I think something in Diagon Alley would be fun. Like having a shop or something on that road mm-hmm. would be really cool. Yeah, I just thought of like, I always like to imagine that like Harry and Ginny either like start their own like magical like not orphanage but like magical like um like a scholarship program like foster system or something for um like magical kids so just because I think like Harry doesn't want other kids to go through that and because I imagine a lot of children are orphaned after the war so like I I would probably I would also probably like doing like working with something like that because I I don't know I enjoy social work and something I think if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now I would probably work in social work somewhere so that idea is interesting to me too just like helping the magical babies out yeah that's a really good idea and like very appropriate for like what you're saying like after the war um what is your number one ship well my otp is dreary but wolf star is like the most canon fanon ship <laughs> like i would say um, I'll go pretty basic. I love the Hermione and Ron um, journey. Yeah. Um, if I was to pick like a more fun one and the one that I reference the most when we do our radio hours is Dumbledore and Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say my favorite canon ship is probably Harry and Ginny. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary. It's Harry and Ginny are my favorite canon ship. Um, do we want to do Fuck, Mary Kills or any of the other things? Sure. I'm sure we've answered these before, but they might be different. Fuck, Mary Kill, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to kill Ron. I'm Well... Mm. Yeah, I have to kill Ron because I can't justify killing Hermione. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to marry Harry and uh, fuck Hermione. I would probably marry Hermione, fuck Ron, and kill Harry. How are you not marrying Ron? Uh... I, I mean, I thought about it, but I feel like Hermione and I could accomplish so much together. We'd be oh, yeah. A couple. I mean, I feel similarly. I just think Harry and I are, like, more, like, better suited romantically than, like, me and Hermione. I'm also just, like, very attracted to Ron. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially Rupert Grant. 
I mean, we all saw him busting out of those tanks in the movie. I know his arms were good. I will say like, I really like, he looks really good in the seventh part one. Yeah. Okay. Fuck, Mary kill, Lupin, Sirius. And then we have James on here, but I think we'll switch it out for Lily. So Lupin, Sirius, and Lily. Oh my God, what are you going to do? I like can't make this choice. I don't know what is happening. I I think I'm going to kill Lily only because we don't know her. And I'm why? Going- yeah, why would you sub out Lily? Keep it James and I'm killing James. Because like, I just feel like either of those characters aren't a good pick because we don't know, you know, like we know Lupin and Sirius and we don't know James or Lily well enough to justify killing one of the other two that we know better, you know? Okay, who would you want to put in then? I'm trying to think. Like Snape. <laughs> oh, an- okay. What are we going to do with Snape? Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, no, 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 no. I got one. I got one. McGonagall, Lupin, Sirius. I feel like I have to kill McGonagall. Same. <laughs> oh, it's hard because we both love, there's no one on the same level as like Lupin and Sirius. Like for me, the hardest one, like for like, that would be like, yeah, there's just no comparison forge (laughs) oh my gosh alex is in a stunned silence i don't think that's fair forge lupin and sirius or like for the sake of it we can just pick one of the twins but um. well i think i'm marrying one of the weasley twins obviously yeah. Uh, marrying Forge, fucking serious and killing Lupin. I'm really having trouble figuring out who I'm fucking. It's like I have to it's like I'm really doing like a pro and con list in my mind. I think I've got to fuck serious too. Yeah. I just I read too much Wolf Star. I think <laughs> Serious is uh, too much of a sub for me. <laughs> um, but in like canon, I obviously am gonna fuck serious and um poor, poor moon, poor moonbeam. Uh, I feel like that's a lot of baggage for a one night stand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get them on a good night, you know. Mm-hmm. Scheduling involved. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's it for the, uh, original seven, most magical number. Thank you guys so much for going on this journey with us. We'll be, um, watching the movie, although spoiler, we already watched it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) we'll be putting that out at some point. There might be a couple special episodes, um, before then but we'll be putting that out and then we'll be on to uh cursed Cursed child child um also uh sorry i dropped the little billy ball but the if you haven't 
the women brawl but um the um the harry potter deathly hollows part one video is up on youtube if you wanted to see what we looked like during the podcast of that video it's the link really is funny our, <laughs> the link is in our uh description uh on instagram and we'll put it in the um I'll put it in the notes for this. In the notes for this and potentially the notes for the 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 video, the the episode that we did the movie. Of the first one. How? So check that out. And uh keep tuning in. We're still here. I know mm-hmm. we made it seem like this is our funeral, our swan song, but it's not. <laughs> you might be asking, what are you guys going to do next? And we're asking the same question. <laughs> Right now, we know that we're definitely doing Curtis Child, so that's coming. Yeah, we have a couple of different ideas. That's kind of part of the problem. We're we're bouncing we're bouncing rememberalls. We're we're sending owls. You know, you guys get it. But feel free to write in if you have a great idea for us. Yeah, there's something you want to cover. We're definitely going to do some more radio hours. So if there's um, an album that you want us to cover, um, send it our way. You never know. You never know. Don't it go to show. Okay, guys. Stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.